Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. Let's read, we will pray, and we will get into our study. Starting in verse 30, we'll go through the end of the chapter. It says this, I went past the field of the sluggard. Everybody say the sluggard. Say it like it's more disgusting. The sluggard. Oh, that was gross. Yeah. Past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere, and the ground was covered with weeds, and the, the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. All right, let's pray and let's get into our study for the day. Father God, we love you. We are so thankful for Christmas. Not for the holiday, um, but for the reason we celebrate the holiday. The birth of your son, Jesus Christ, on this earth. Jesus, you thought it was important enough to come to earth uh, and live with us and, and be with us, God. And to live a life and die on the cross for our sins. And we are, we are so thankful for that, God. And we celebrate that today. Um, and we hopefully celebrate that every single day of our lives. So in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about a topic, and it might make you feel a little bit awkward. Hopefully, it should convict everyone in the room, including myself, while I was writing this sermon. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about laziness today. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> I'm not lazy. That won't imply to me. I can just go to sleep. Oh, wait, I'm being lazy right there. We're going to talk about laziness today, and Guys, in America, we've developed laziness into an art. It's a thing of beauty in America. I mean, you, we have drive throughs lazy boy chairs. It's, it's literally gotten to the point where we almost boast about how lazy we can be. I got a few examples here for you, a few pictures. Um, this is someone taking out their trash without leaving their car. They are in their car, holding the trash, backing it up to the curb because... <laughs> Who wants to get out of their car to take their trash to the curb? Okay. I, it's a What? Where do you see a squirrel? There's an arm coming. I'm going to the next slide. Whoops. Ah, skip too many. Whoop. This is someone who was too lazy to hold their body upright and watch the TV. So they just turned the TV sideways and they turned their body sideways and they're playing video games while lying down. Because, you know, it's really hard to watch TV like this. It is much easier... Like that. So, you know, pretty basic stuff here. Um, what, why does it keep doing that? I'm just saying it once. All right, this is a fitness center with an escalator. It, you could jump up that. It's a fitness... You're going to get on a Stairmaster. You're going to go in there and get on a Stairmaster and climb upstairs, and there's an escalator to it. Are you kidding me? I love America. All right, just, just one. Just... There we go. No, no. All right. The pet petter. This one's beautiful. If you're too lazy to pet your pet, it pets your pet for you. I love this caption. I love this caption. Never touch your pet again? What? This is terrible. Why would you never? Don't you get a pet to pet it? But if you're just like, ah, oh, this dog wants me to love it and care for it. I don't want to pet. Here, just get this machine so I can just watch TV and not have to, ugh. 
so exhausting. I'm cramping in my arm. Are you kidding me? A, 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 a pet petter. Everyone say pet petter. That is just ridiculous and beautiful at the same time. I did it. Look at that. It's working. So, ladies and gentlemen, the definition of lazy is to be unwilling or reluctant to work or use energy. It's actually quite easy to be lazy. It is easier to be lazy than to not be lazy. But, but the Bible tells us that laziness is a sin. It's not just a bad thing to do. It's not just a, a thing that your parents tell you not to do. It's, it's actually a sin. Well, that's not fun. It's kind of more fun when we talk about how it's kind of like a funny thing or we kind of joke about, oh, I feel lazy, it's great. Kind of enjoy being lazy. But, but laziness is a sin. That kind of puts a damper on things, doesn't it? It's something that, that we should be convicted of. It's something that we need to be forgiven of. It's actually something that that Jesus died for. It's one of those sins. Laziness is a very, very serious problem, and and we need to admit when we're lazy, and we need to repent of it and try and change from our laziness and identify it. Now, some people are lazier than others. Some people literally, they live a lazy lifestyle. Everything about their life is lazy. You know those people I'm talking about. You might be that person I'm talking about. Can I get an amen? Amen. Just two amens? If you've caught yourself once or twice being lazy, can you say amen? amen. If you caught yourself three or four times being lazy, say amen. amen. If you're lazy a lot, say amen. amen. Uh-huh. Those of you who are too lazy to say amen, I'm watching you. You should be convicted right now. This was for you. <laughs> but, I mean, how often do our teachers tell us, oh, you're so lazy, your parents. You are so lazy. Sometimes yourself, wow, I am so lazy. You just say it to yourself. It's that absurd in America, and it's that absurd, especially in our own lives. And we need to identify what are the characteristics, what does being lazy look like, and how can we stop being lazy? How can we stop? And Proverbs has a whole lot to say about laziness. There are over 20 verses in Proverbs talking about laziness. And Proverbs talks about someone who is lazy, and they call them a sluggard. A sluggard. I love that word. And why do they call them a slugger? Because slugs move incredibly slow. They do dissolve incredibly fast if you put salt on them, but, but they move incredibly slow when they move. And they're kind of slimy and gross too, but that's beside the fact. So the Bible refers to them as sluggards, and that's the idea of what a, a um, lazy person is like. But, but it's a real struggle, and we need to identify the different characteristics of what lazy is. So... First characteristic of a lazy person. A lazy person wants what is easiest. They want what comes naturally. They don't want to have to try very hard. Let me give you an example. If there is a decision that a lazy person has to make, they, their mindset, the way they base their decision on what they'll do is off of what is easiest. Okay, so... Should I do my homework, my math homework, which is really difficult, or should I watch Good Luck Charlie on Disney Channel? Huh. Homework? TV. Homework? TV. They kind of weigh it out. I'm like, right, which one would take less effort? Well, if I, if I do homework, I'd actually have to pick up a pencil 
use my brain and like write stuff down. That'd be ridiculous. But if I watch TV, I just had to pick up the remote like one time every 30 minutes when I get bored. I think I'm going to go with TV. And you pick something because it sounds easier to do. Some gentlemen are very convicted of this. If I go to the bathroom and I finish using the restroom, do I either flush the toilet with my hand, forcing me to go over and wash my hands, or do I just pick my foot up and try and flush the toilet with my foot and then go, I don't need to wash my hands now. It's totally cool. It's not cool, boys, because you touch the door when you walk out, and that's gross. Just throwing it out there, okay? But sometimes we're so lazy, we're like, I'll just lift my foot up and flush the toilet, and then we'll wash my hands. Or sometimes you're like, in the morning, you're like, okay, I could blow dry my hair. Or I could just stick my head out the window on the way to school and it'll totally like air dry it. It'll be a great thing. Wonderful. I love actually when you, when you don't like dry your hair and then you go outside and it freezes at the bus stop. Does that ever happen to anyone? It happens to me. Like I'll be at the bus stop and I'm like, oh, what in the world? And like shake it all out. I love that. It's something I enjoy. But, but sometimes we, we keep weighing like what are the options? What's easiest for me to do? What would be more convenient to do? And, and we're motivated by how can I get away with doing the least? How can I get away with doing the least? You think, how can I do the least amount of work and still get an A in this class? And then as the year goes by, still get a, a B in this class. Then the year goes by, just pass this class and get to the next grade. I just want to get to eighth grade. I'm going to do the least amount of work to get to the next grade or, or fulfill my obligations. And this is our mindset sometimes on, on how we actually conduct ourselves or, or live out our day. And it's not healthy, ladies and gentlemen. It's just flat out not a healthy thing to do. So we need to be motivated not by what's just easy for us to do, but but motivated by what God wants us to do. Because ultimately, if you're just looking to do what's easiest, that's selfish. Let me say that again. If If you're looking to do what's the easier thing to do, that's you just being selfish. Because it serves you because it's the easier thing to do. You have to exert less effort. It takes less time and energy and focus. So you're just doing what pleases you the most, what will, you think will make you the happiest. Lazy people want what's easy. All right, let's go to the next one. Lazy people love excuses. Oh, they love them. There's a great one in Proverbs. I love this, this uh, quote. It's Proverbs 22, verse 13 says this. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside, and I will be murdered in the streets. It's kind of a weird proverb. That's kind of the end of that transaction there. All it says is, there's a lion outside. I'll be murdered if I go outside. And you're like, well, okay, that's great. What is that trying to teach me? What it's trying to say is this. There's somebody who's inside. They're supposed to go to work, and they're so lazy. They don't want to go outside. They're like, oh, did you hear that? Now what are you talking about? No, no, I totally heard it. Listen. Yeah, I heard that again. That roar was crazy. It was so loud. Ferocious. I think there's a lion outside. Dude, there's no... No, no, there's a lion out there. We probably shouldn't go to work today. Yeah, I shouldn't go to school. Oh, man, if I get mauled by a tiger on the way to school, my mom will feel so bad. I'm definitely staying home. The, the proverb is saying, look, lazy people come up with excuses. They literally try and find ways to get out of work and just stay at home. Or just avoid work. And guys... Lazy people are very good at coming up with excuses. I mean, extraordinarily good. Can, can, I want to see your show of hands. Who can give me a good example of a lazy person coming up with an excuse? Can I get some examples? Sir. You hate homework. Dog ate your homework. It's a great excuse. 
I don't want to do my homework, so I'll just tell my teacher a lie about what happened. Mike's never done that, guys, for the record. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's a really good one. Up, oh, teacher, can't do the test. I don't have a pencil. <laughs> Got her. And then she hands you a pencil and you feel terrible. Any more examples? Breaking. Keeps breaking? Oh, you keep breaking the pencil? And then hopefully your teacher will just give up and not give you any more homework? Yes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mom, I know that you're thirsty and on bed rest and a little bit sick, but the kitchen is so far away. I mean, it, oh, I can't read. Ah, sorry, Mom. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> Anyone else got an excuse? I love this one. When someone drinks straight out of a milk carton because they're too lazy to get a glass out of the... <laughs> they just go, oh, man. Or they, they eat pie straight out of the pan without getting a plate. Man, that's pretty lazy, isn't it, Andrew? Man, you wouldn't like Facebook something like that, would you? What? what? You do that? Oh, crazy. I, I didn't know. I didn't look on Facebook and see you did that. Like, that's just lazy right there. You don't want to do the dishes. I love, I love when people give excuses, but, but sometimes they can be pretty serious. Sometimes you get bad grades. And what do you do? You get bad grades, mom and dad are like, got the report card today. Why'd you get bad grades? What do you say? What was that? She's a bad teacher. That's what she said. Oh, mom. Oh, she's so bad. She literally, there's a black cloud that follows her around. I don't think she speaks English. I don't. I don't know what she's saying. She just says like logarithm and multiplication and addition. I don't know what those words mean. What is that? Shenanigans. You blame the teacher. Let's say you're in a sports team and you don't play that much. What do you say? Oh, it's, it, this is so hard. Football? I got to put on pads? People hit me. They hit me. Ridiculous. That baseball is so hard to hit with this little bat. Are you kidding me? Put it on a tee. That'd be easier. Or you blame your coach. Oh, Coach Fitz is so difficult. He doesn't even know what he's, he doesn't even know how to play the game, probably. You blame your coach. You make excuses as to why you're not playing or, or why you won't practice at a sport. I love it when uh, I used to, I used to play saxophone when I was in middle school, in elementary school, and I would always make excuses why I wasn't going to uh, practice at home because you had to like keep a little journal of you know how much you had actually practiced, and I would come up with so many excuses. One of them was I heard a story about someone who found a roach inside the mouthpiece of their saxophone. I, I, I don't want a roach in my mouthpiece of my saxophone, so I won't play it anymore. Literally, I said that to my band instructor. Really, that's pretty bizarre and weird. But I'd be like, oh, I lost all my reeds to my saxophone. I can't, can't play anymore. Or I'm like, I don't want to irritate my parents, which I did, by the way. I don't want to irritate my parents. You know, it's just so loud and obnoxious and I'm terrible. How often is that an excuse, though? Well, I'm just bad. I don't want to practice. I'm just so bad I don't want to practice. You practice because you're bad. That's why you practice, ladies and gentlemen. We love excuses, and lazy people love excuses because it gets them out of work. And, and one of the reasons they make excuses is to, to shift blame away from the fact that they're not working. If you can shift someone's attention away with excuses from the fact that you're not doing anything, then maybe they won't focus on the fact that you're just lazy. If your parents really believe, wow, you do have a bad teacher. <laughs> you know what? You don't have to do your homework. Wow, you do have a... They, they won't focus on the fact that you're just not trying very hard and... Maybe if you were, the results would be different and you wouldn't have to make excuses. But in the end, lazy people only... 
Leslie, could you go back one, please? Thank you. Maybe I should stop being lazy. Oh, this. You're the worst. I'm going to bite your head off. Sorry, I'm talking to this. It makes me angry. Colleen's like, is he serious? This is bizarre. Yeah, lazy people end up hurting themselves. Let me explain here. Proverbs 15, 19 says this. The way of a sluggard is blocked by thorns. Lazy people lack options. They lack options because because they don't work very hard. Their options end up being few. Let me give you an example. If, If you don't work hard in middle school, in high school, and get good grades, you will lack the option of, of going to different colleges and different schools because, because of the grades and because of your poor work and you didn't try as hard as you could, you're going to lack options as to what you can do when you get older. If you're on a sports team and you don't practice enough and you're lazy, you're going to lack options as to what position you can play or how much time you get to play because, because you won't be as skilled enough and your coach will be like, hey, where do you want to play? Where do, where do you want to be a part of? I'll be like, oh, man, where do I got to put this guy? That was me, actually. I was a terrible player at sports. You're going to lack options, and, and life will be more difficult in a lot of different ways for you if you don't try it. Let me give you some more examples. Proverbs 10, 4 says this, Lazy hands make a man poor. And Proverbs 20, 20 verse 4 says this, A sluggard does not plow in season, so at harvest time he looks but finds nothing. So just have this picture of a man, a farmer, who doesn't plant anything in the spring, doesn't work on his field, doesn't go out and plow, doesn't lay down seed, and then harvest time rolls around. He goes, well, about time to go look at the field, see how things are going. He walks outside. What in the world? There's nothing out here. What? what? Honey, babe, what happened to the field? There's, there's no crops out. Did you harvest already? Thank you so much, babe. No, you didn't. What? And he's surprised, like, why is there nothing here? Why are there no crops? Why is there no corn or okra or potatoes? What in the world? And he's so oblivious to the fact that it's because he did no work. Because he didn't labor. He didn't try. He didn't put any effort into it. And because he didn't, he only hurt himself because now he'll have no food. But how often, by not working, do we end up finding ourselves in a difficult place? How often by not working harder, by being lazy, do we end up behind in our work and having to catch up? Ever heard of the word uh, procrastination? I feel like every middle school has learned that word. It's a pretty big word usually, but we learn it because people tell us that we do it all the time. But just, just think about how your options are limited when you procrastinate. Last night, actually, I have a confession, ladies and gentlemen. Um... I was a little bit lazy in getting this sermon ready. And I was here late last night getting this sermon ready till about 10 o'clock. And there was a really cool Christmas party last night. For some of my friends were hosting, um, Naomi was hosting, and I, I, I couldn't go to the Christmas party because I had to be here and work on my project, work on my sermon. If I had not procrastinated my work, I'd be done and I have different options. I could have gone out here, I could have gone home and just watched TV. There was a great football game on for college. I could have gone and worked out. I could have eaten. I could have done so many different things, but my options were limited because I waited to work. And sometimes we have big school projects and we, we wait to the last day to work on it. 
And what happens? We're scrambling. We're putting it together last minute. It's probably not our best work because we didn't wait as long as we could. Or we didn't work at uh, stretching out our work. And we're flustered and we're a little bit hyper. And getting it together last minute doesn't work out that well. And our options are limited. And we're only hurting ourselves when we procrastinate or when we wait. Guys, laziness puts you behind and puts you in debt. And you have to catch up when you're lazy. Or you just end up failing in different ways. Don't be lazy. It's also interesting, though. Lazy people aren't often successful. They aren't. It's very, very seldom that lazy people are successful because, because it almost seems that those who work hard have more options. Those who work hard get the good grades. Those who work hard and practice hard get the good sports. And you can always think of those exceptions where you're like, oh, that one person's just a freak of nature and they're really good or they're really smart. Or they're really amazing at basketball or whatever. But, but eventually, if those, that person is just really good and relies on their talent, eventually, down the road, they'll be met with a challenge that they can't handle and where they won't be able to just off their natural skill or ability handle. Maybe there's a really smart person in your middle school and they don't even have to try. Yeah, I didn't study last night, 100%. I don't even study. It's wonderful. I just play Minecraft all day. Like, that's what they say. What's going to happen is they'll get to high school, they'll get to college, and they'll get to a point where, where their natural abilities won't measure up. Well, they'll have to study or have to be forced to work, and because they're not used to it and they haven't done it before, they'll flounder or they'll fail. There'll be those people who are just naturally amazing at basketball, and they're really good, and you're like, man, I'm working my tail off, and they don't even have to try. It's ridiculous. They can be lazy all they want, but eventually, if they want to keep going in basketball and keep playing, they'll get to a point where the competition level is so high that if they don't practice and work their tail off, there's no way they can compete at that level, and their natural abilities will not keep up. So maybe you're really good at something, and you're just being lazy because you say, I got this. This is easy for me. If you don't develop work habits eventually you'll reach a ceiling where it's difficult for you. Maybe you'll skip a grade up or, or you'll get to a different college where you're challenged and, and you won't be able to work hard. Don't develop habits of laziness because they stick with you and they stay there. So you might be saying, all right, Barry, well, we're not supposed to be lazy. What are we supposed to do? Well, it's quite simple, actually. Work. Work really hard. Like work really, really, really hard. And that's not something fun. No one's going to leave like, man, that sermon was great. I can't wait to go out and work really hard. I mean sweat so much that it hurts. I mean literally hurt my brain because I did so much homework just for fun. Can't wait. It's not exactly the most entertaining thing to do. It's not the easy thing to do. But it's the right thing to do because God asked us to work. The Bible begins with work. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's in the beginning of the book, if you read it. And for six days, the Bible begins, the story of creation begins because God actually worked. God is a worker. God is not lazy. And because we're made in His image, He doesn't expect us to be lazy. He wants us to work. He wants us to create, to have initiative, to create, to build. That's what He wants us to do. And God is a creating God and a working God and And he asked us to work. What happened is he he created this earth and he created a beautiful garden, the Garden of Eden. And he he put Adam and Eve there. And what did he say to him? He said, hey, work. Get to work. I've given you control over this. This is your place. You're supposed to rule over it. But I want you to to cultivate the land. 
I want you to reproduce and, and spread out and fan out. And I want you guys to, to better, to improve this garden, to prune it when it needs pruning. To, to make it bear more fruit than it does now. Improve this, but work. See, we think that the Garden of Eden was this beautiful paradise, but, and it was, but Adam wasn't sitting on a lawn chair just drinking soda all day. He was actually out there working and enjoying nature and, and improving what was there. And that's what God intends for us. He wants us to work because he knows it's good for us. Let me explain. Hard work pays dividends. It's a good thing. It, it, it brings about good things. Let me read a few verses to you. Proverbs 14, 23 says, All hard work brings a profit. Proverbs 12, 11 says this, Those who work the land will have food. Proverbs 12, 24, Diligent hands will rule saying, hey, hard work pays off. And it feels good, doesn't it? You ever that feeling when you, when you just finish something and you're just like, huh, yeah, I did that. Like you finish mowing, the, this is the big thing for me. Whenever I finish mowing the lawn, I have a huge lawn. It takes two and a half, let me say it again, two and a half hours to mow our lawn. Usually I have to fill up the gasoline in the mower and start again before I can finish the yard. I'll get off the riding mower and I can't see straight because like, I still see the ground moving under my, in my eyes. It's crazy. But I get off the mower after I'm finished. It's really hot. Get off the mower, push off the mower, and I'm like, yeah, I did that. I'm like, oh, done. I just walk up. It feels great to, to see the yard when it's overgrown and big and then walk away and it's done. And you're like, I did that. I did that. It feels pretty good. And when you're in the science fair and, and you get maybe a reward for your project, people are like, wow, this project looks amazing. Look at that. Wow, how'd they do that? And you're like, yeah, I did that. Not in a boastful way, but just like, I'm proud of the work that I did. You get their report card in the mail and you're like, check it out, sucker. Straight A's, baby. Put that on the fridge. You're proud of that because you worked hard. You earned that. And it feels good. And God actually gives us that fulfillment in work. God instills that in mankind that, that when we have something and we finish it and we've created it, we sit back and go, that's good. I like that right there. I worked hard and it, it came out that way. And, and that's the way God is. After six days, when he finished creation, he sat back and he goes, hey, that's good. That's very good. I like this. And he sits down and he rests and he observes the creation that he made. And he was proud of that. He said, look at this earth I created. It's crazy. Look at these birds. They fly. People didn't know what flying was till I created it. It's awesome. People didn't know what a human was till I made them. They're crazy. They have thumbs. Thumbs are great. I created thumbs. God sat back and he kind of like said, hey, check out my work. Check out how beautiful this is. And he looks at us and he points to us and says, hey, check out this person. Check out how beautiful they are. I made that person. Just how they are. Gave them brown eyes. Gave them gray hair. <laughs> Gave them a big nose or a long neck or whatever, but God made us and he's proud of us. We're his work. And we should have that satisfaction when we finish a project or, or we work. We should say, hey, I'm proud of that, but before we finish, let me, let me emphasize this. Some of the hardest working people in the world are selfish. Some of the hardest working people in the world are the most selfish people in the world. And, and the reason they're working it's kind of the same as lazy people. They want to serve themselves. See, lazy people are lazy because they want to do what's easiest and they would rather do what they think will pay them off the best, what they would enjoy the best, which would be lazy. But, but sometimes people work really hard and they do it because they want to earn praise from people. 
Or sometimes people work really hard because they want to get possessions and they want to get stuff. And if I work really hard, get to a great college and get a great job, I can get all this money and get this stuff. Maybe if I work really hard, I can work my way up the ladder and be a really powerful businessman. And they think that, that hard work is a means by which to get what they want, but that's wrong. It's not why God created work, so we could get what we want. God created work so we could have an opportunity to serve Him, to understand Him a little better and be like Him in a way. I'm going to read something to you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This is actually my favorite verse. Um, it's not my life verse, but this is one I memorized when I was a kid, and it was like the only one I memorized. So whenever someone's like, what's your favorite verse? And you're like, uh, the only one I memorized, and I'd say it, which is Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if you're working for the Lord and not for man. Whatever you're doing, whatever job you're doing, whatever task you're doing, whether you're drinking a glass of orange juice or, or in home room, setting out your schedule for the day, whatever you're doing, do it for the Lord. Serve Him through what you're doing. Say, hey God, I'm doing this work to honor you, to glorify you because you gave me the ability to do this work. Don't do it for man. Don't do it so other people will respect you more or look up to you more. Do it for God's glory and honor Him. So, last slide of the day. I want all of us to repeat this together. Whoop. Everyone say it together. Sluggards serve themselves. Workers serve God. Again, sluggards serve themselves, workers serve God. Wait, hold on. Take it away, Leslie. Take it, take it away. Don't look. No, no, I'm going to make take it away, the slide. Make it away. Okay. Sluggards serve themselves, workers serve God. All right, cool. Let us pray for the evening. Father God, we love you so much. And I say we wouldn't be lazy, that we'd identify places in our life where we might be lazy or slacking off God and, and realize that doesn't honor you. And you don't ask that of us, God. You ask that we be diligent and we work hard and we honor you with our work. And I ask that we do that this morning. So in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you go, what was the thing we just read? Wow, I'm so proud of you guys. It was like 20 seconds. All right, you guys are free to go. Have a great day.